Welcome to Reynolds Wrap, the positive and practical podcast. We want to encourage you through spiritual insight from God's Word to maintain an authentic Christian life. Thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast today. Today we're going to be tackling a very important subject, and if you follow the Ray Reynolds Wrap Facebook page or Instagram page or Twitter or anything like that, you've already um, been clued in to the subject matter for today. I want to begin by saying that before I push play and allow you to hear the broadcast, that this broadcast was actually recorded in my truck as I was traveling. And uh, from time to time when I'm on the road and I have opportunities to record ideas or lessons, I may or may not use those in uh, podcasts and in various videos. So this one uh, was specifically recorded uh, in my truck. So you're going to hear a little noise from the traffic. Uh, I don't think there's any horns blowing or anything. You can probably hear my turning signal click a couple times, but changing lanes. Uh, but I just wanted to make you aware of that, so you may want to adjust your sound just a little bit so that it's not a problem. And uh, I just wanted to make sure I didn't get a lot of emails about it saying, what is that noise in the background? And I do apologize about that. But sometimes uh, the thoughts I have that can be used in a podcast may come at the strangest times. You know, uh, Sometimes I record my podcast at like 1 in the morning, or I may get up really early at 5 in the morning and record them. And uh, this one, and then there's another one, That'll be played in the future that I recorded in the car. I did that last week, uh, um, or I guess it was a couple weeks ago now, when I was at Freed Lectures. You can actually hear the rain in the background, and I didn't preface it. And somebody asked me, I said, what's the noise in that podcast? I said, well, that's the rain on the windshield. So anyways, just wanted to make you aware of that. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, rappers, hope you're having a great day today. Uh, It's time for us to spend a little time in the Word of God and thinking about what we can do to maintain an authentic Christian life. Uh, Today I want to tackle a topic that uh, I have preached on and studied through many times. Um, In fact, back during the time I was preaching at North Broad Street in Albertville and also in uh, Gulf Shores, I preached a lot of sermons around this theme. And it was because in my time as a minister... I've had people come to me with their problems, with their struggles, and, you know, you counsel and you pray together and you try to help people get through their difficulties. But this is one that consistently came up, and that was the subject of guilt. People feel guilty for the things that they've done. It's because our conscience gets pricked when we do something wrong, when we do something that violates, you know, what we know to be the law of God. And so we wrestle with that from time to time as to what to do with that guilt, especially when it comes to uh, us being forgiven of the guilt. Because we know, of course, that God loves us. We know that God sent Jesus to the cross to die for us. Those are things we know. But even though we know those things, we still struggle with forgiving ourselves. And I think that our worries and our anxieties that we face oftentimes that surround our guilt are crippling to us. And I think guilt is a killer of our faith. And so we need to learn to guard our mind against guilt. We need to learn to let go of that guilt. Now, I know you're probably thinking, well, that sounds easy. 
it sounds really easy to say that we need to forgive ourselves and we need to be forgiving like God, but how do we do it? Well, first of all, I think what we need to do is we need to figure out what kinds of guilt uh, there are. What kind of guilt are you, are you facing? What are you dealing with personally? Uh, the first kind of guilt is reactive guilt. And that's when you respond to an overt act of maybe you have you violated uh, your own internal standards, your your standard of behavior. You violated that, and because of that, you have this reactive guilt. You know you've done something wrong, and you and you knew it when you did it. Uh, Psalm fifty one is a great example of David's wrestling with reactive guilt. You know he he prays to God for a clean heart. He prays to God for forgiveness. He prays to God to be saved from the struggle that he's in. Another one is anticipatory guilt. That is when we think about violating God's standards, when we anticipate the guilt of a sin that we're about to commit, it's, and it becomes maybe a mental thing completely. It's not even a physical thing. You've thought of something. You've thought a bad thing. And, you know, I've had, I've had many times people have come to me and they've said, you know, I, I, I really wanted to do this and I really wanted to do that. And I didn't do it, but I feel guilty for having thought of that, like for instance, maybe thoughts of suicide or severe depression, or maybe you've thought about going through uh, some sin, maybe it's a sexual sin, maybe it's pornography. So you anticipate where it's going, what it's going to lead to. And so that, that tears you up inside. Another one is existential guilt. And that is, it's a result of our awareness of the uh, discrepancies between our own well-being and maybe the well-being of others, our own sense of mind, our own peace. And we fear that if this sin, this mistake is known, it's going to hurt not only us, but it's also going to hurt people around us. You may say, well, you know, I'm struggling with this sin and I, you know, it's just me. It's just me. I'm struggling with it. If I could just get forgiveness. Yeah, but then you, when you forgive yourself, you forgive others, you also have to recognize the uh, collateral damage, we'll call it. That, say for instance, somebody goes through an affair and that affects not only them, but it affects their children, it affects their spouse, it affects their the people around them at work, it affects their extended family. And so that that comes. So those are, those are just three types of guilt that I think we face as Christians. And we have to, we have to stop pretending like we're not hurting. We have to stop faking it. When we're hurting, people need to know. We need to, you know, ask for help, ask for prayer. And we also need to look for triggers that are going to trigger this guilt. What, what, is, what is causing you to, to have this anxiety, this worry? Is it a relationship is, that you're in? Is it um, you know, a book that you're reading? Is it a TV series that you're watching? Is it when it comes to, say, pornography? Is it because you're constantly going back to the same sites that you know is going to lead you astray? Or that you're around certain people that drink alcohol or, or commit certain sins and you're, you're in that environment. Maybe, maybe those are some triggers. So let me just share with you real quickly some of the triggers that I think of that, um, that maybe, maybe we, could, we could deal with. Sometimes triggers are people. Um, maybe it's music. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's a... Oh, you turn on your computer. It's a trigger. I don't know what your trigger is, and, and we don't have time to really dive into all the kinds of triggers that you face, but there might be something that automatically triggers your guilt. You know, when you hear somebody's name, or 
uh, you see a photograph, or maybe even if you've done something to someone in the past and they're in business, every time you drive their business, or if you've done something at a workplace, um, that's a trigger. Even when we're young, you know, I, I have a hard time going back to the city where I grew up because, you know, I lived a pretty wild lifestyle when I was a teenager. And I remember things that happened. I wasn't always involved in them, but I, I saw it being being done. And so it triggers guilt. Uh, I remember um, a couple of gas stations. I was with some friends that stole some stuff. And I knew what was going on. I watched the whole thing. And so when I go to those gas stations now, I, I have that trigger of guilt for riding along, even though I've asked my God for forgiveness. You know, I drove the car. And um, I knew those guys were doing something that was was wrong and they eventually they got caught and they paid the price for it um and i didn't because i didn't steal anything that day uh but i'm just telling you sometimes these things can they they overwhelm you with guilt maybe it's a sexual sin you committed when you were a young person and um you you get on facebook or you get on twitter and you see that person's picture or you see their family member's picture and that that causes this guilt to overwhelm inside of you because you're just thinking oh i i you know, we did this or we did that. So the next thing I want to talk about is some of the trials that we face as a result of it. The first thing I think we do is we condemn ourselves. We, we judge ourselves guilty. And I think that that, that is healthy at first to be able to say, you know, I'm in the wrong and I need to repent. But we do. I think Peter felt that, you know, after he denied Jesus three times, we forget that Luke 22, uh, around verse 54 through 62 there, says that when he denied Jesus three times, he turned and looked. Jesus turned and looked at Peter eye to eye. I mean, Peter openly denied Jesus and this guilt overwhelms him that he has to go out and weep bitterly. And we do, we have that self-condemnation that when we have this guilt and this fear of, of the sins that we've committed, even in our youth, it it just brings us to the point that we just, we can't forgive ourselves. So we automatically condemn ourselves. We say we're not worthy of salvation. Another one is the blame game. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. And I've heard a lot of sermons on this, you know, where, you know, Adam basically says to God, you know, yeah, we did. We ate the, uh, we ate the fruit, but it's because that woman you gave me. And then Eve's like, Hey, it's not my fault. It's the snake, you know, and then a snake didn't really have an argument, but they, they did in Genesis three, they blamed each other. It's never my fault. You know, people like that. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. You know, it's the, it's the third grade teacher that didn't like me. It was my, my, uh, my father who beat me too much, you know, or my mom who was never around or that friend up the street that bullied me. It's never my fault. And so we don't have accountability anymore. And so we'll pass it on So the blame game is, is a, one of the trials of guilt. Another one was pessimism. I mean, people, some people are just so negative they, they couldn't forgive themselves if you paid them a million dollars and said you're forgiven. I mean, they, they are so pessimistic, so negative. Um, I think about Elijah. You know, Elijah was a pessimist. I, you know, he's, he charges up Mount Carmel. We're going to whoop your gods. You know, he take out Baal. You know, that we're going to show you who the real God is. And then the moment one woman stands up to him, Jezebel, he takes off running. You know, he all he could think about was lost people. I'm all alone. You know, nobody loves me. Nobody cares. And that that pessimism nearly ruined him until God sent him a friend, sent him a protege in, in Elisha. Suicide's another one. You know, that's a guilt trigger is when, you know, you're, you're thinking and you can't stop thinking about a certain thing. 
and it just overwhelms you. You're so angry with yourself and frustrated with yourself that you feel, I just don't have any other, 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 you know, plan of action. And so sometimes we watch movies and we listen to music and it has this negative connotation. And so we just feel like the best thing to do is just to end it all. You know, I remember when I was a teenager, a lot of kids were harming themselves and harming other people and, and, and taking their lives. And they were wanting to blame, uh, you know, music. They were saying, oh, well, this it's, it's the fault of Metallica, you know. Metallica is the fault. Metallica is the problem. You know, all these, Christ, all these Christian rock groups, that's what you need to listen to. You don't need to listen to that secular stuff. And so we, a lot of us transferred over, started listening to Christian music, try to get away from it. But that, that does happen. People, people will take their lives. And sometimes it's because of the people that they've seen do it before. You know, they, they you know, have suicide packs and things like that. Judas, his guilt led him to commit suicide. That's another story, but that's an extreme and then you got the martyr complex, you know, people like that. I mean, some people just want to fall on the sword, you know, and they say, oh, I'm just a victim here. And, you know, I, I'm dealing with all this guilt because other people have laid it on me. There's physical illness that comes as a result of it. In Psalm 32, literally David's sin made him physically sick. And you will, you'll encounter some sin, some things you do that just literally make you so sick. I've watched people in my own family and... You know, where they have been so upset at a sin that they committed that they will literally go crazy in their mind. They do. They just absolutely, you know, they they throw tantrums and they cry out for help and they go get medicated for it instead of just repenting and saying, I'm sorry, I sinned. And you've got to confess that. The forgiveness is, oh, that's a, we're going to have to have a whole podcast on forgiveness. Because there, there are a lot of things that happen that we, we have a hard time forgiving ourselves because we live with the consequences of it for a long time. Maybe you go to jail. Maybe you bear a child out of wedlock. And every time it's a trigger, you see, every time you see that child, you think about the mistake that you made on that night. And I'm so glad, so glad that God doesn't, um, he doesn't hold me to a standard of a name of the sin I've committed. He doesn't look at me and say, oh, there's that liar. You know, there's that thief. There's that, there's that, um, you know, whatever people say, well, what if I, what if I committed homosexuality or what if I committed adultery or what if I committed fornication or what if I, what if, what if, I mean, you did it. If you're sorry and you repent, you can be forgiven. You just have to learn to forgive yourself. You have to let go of it. You have to believe that you can receive the forgiveness of God And you can get past it. You may never forget, but those scars God will use to bless somebody else. There's got to be some growth. There's got to be some change. Go back to Peter and some of the sins that he committed early on. He matured in his faith. And and that's, you know, we got to add to our faith. We start with a walk with God, but we continue to grow based on our walk, our relationship with him. And that means our stumbling, our trials, our pain, our frustration, all that stuff, all these things that we see as guilt, instead of looking at it as something negative, we should look at it and say, you know, this was a learning experience. I failed a lot of tests in school. I don't know, did you fail some tests? Big ones. I failed my first driving test. And I felt really guilty. My mother made me go through just, I mean, torturous studies to try to 
take it again a few weeks later. And it was awful. And it wasn't my fault, really. Oh, there we go. There's my (laughs) playing the game. Really, really, truly, honestly, it wasn't my fault. I didn't, I did not, um, I, well, I mean, part of it is maybe because I didn't know that it, when a, in a town where there's a square, you know what I mean, like a downtown square, you have to turn on your turning signal every time you go around the square. So when I got in the car, the lady giving me the driver's test actually took me step by step by step. She's like, okay, come out here. Let's go around the square. And I went around the square one time and I went around the square two times and I went around the square third time. I was like, what is this like? She must like going in circles here. And she goes, okay, that's enough. You can pull over here and get out of the car. And I was like, uh, okay, what happened? And she's like, well, you know, every time you went around this square, you were supposed to turn in your turning signal. So I took you around just enough to fail you. And I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? You took me around the square this many times to fail me. So many points each time I didn't use my turning signal. I was like, ma'am, I was like, I had to take off work today. Like, I, I came to get this driver's test. I'm 16 years old. I want to get this test done. I was like, can we please do the rest of the test? She goes, sure. Of course, I parallel parked perfectly. I mean, I did it all just right. But I had tremendous guilt because of me making a mistake, not learning. And when I took it the next time, I got a 97, by the way. But we all fail tests. When you fail a test, that doesn't make you a failure. It's a learning experience. Just because you you committed a sin once doesn't make you that sinner forever. You receive forgiveness of it and you get a clean slate. I want to finish with just a few thoughts about how, you know, we deal with these triggers, but some things that we can target to ensure that we learn to let go of our guilt. And the first thing I think that we need to focus on is our conscience. Okay. I think that we need to, we need to learn to not violate our own conscience. That might be something that would help in the early stages of decision-making is don't do anything to violate your conscience. You know, Paul said he lived with the guilt of his actions and he started to focus on those things more and more and more and he had to learn to let go of them he had to learn to look to Jesus he had to learn to look to the cross he had to learn to look to the day that he was going to spend that first day he was going to spend in eternity uh, he focuses on the goal and the prize that was set before him and I think that's a good a really good plan Another part is not developing a false conscience. I mean, to know exactly what is required of you, to know exactly what God desires of you, and to try to stay in tune with that every step of the way, walking uh, every single day with the Lord. Those are, those are good targets to have. So don't violate your conscience. Don't develop a false conscience. And then, this is a biggie, and I do think in the future and in, in future podcasts, we're going to deal with these, these particular issues in depth. And that's anxiety, worrying ourselves to death. Don't don't worry about it. Jesus talks about this in Matthew six. Don't worry about t- t- tomorrow. I mean, you can't, he says, you can't add to your life a day. You can't add inches to your height. You can't bring food to fall out of the heavens can't do any of those things. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own things to worry about. And another thing is don't dwell on your past. I mean, learn to let some things go. If you're going to not 
have this guilt. You've got to stop thinking about all the mistakes that you've already made. Jesus has already covered those things by his blood, if you're in Christ Jesus. And if you're going to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus, you have to recognize that he is still working in you in this very moment, even in the midst of your sin and your struggle. He's still working through you and in you to bring you to perfection. That's something only he can accomplish. So don't dwell on your past. I mean, we got, we have to learn to laugh. I had somebody tell me one time, he said, you're going to have to tell things on yourself. And I said, why? And he said, because it's better if you tell it on yourself. It's funnier if you tell it on yourself. So when I mess up or I do something, I would prefer to tell it from my perspective. You know what I mean? And with that, when we start thinking about our guilt and letting go of, of our guilt, we have to learn not to set our expectations so high. Our expectations, I know that we're looking to Jesus and we're looking to the cross and we're looking to perfection, but you can't be a perfectionist. You can't be the type of person that sets such high goals and unrealistic expectations that you'll never meet them. That's not the goal of Christianity. The goal of Christianity is just walking in step with Jesus. I mean, if we, and I've heard people say before, you know, they hadn't sinned. I, I've known people in my life that never apologized for a single thing they ever did. Try living with somebody like that. Trying to be in a friend with somebody like that. Try having a child or a spouse or a parent like that that refuses to apologize, refuses to say anything is their fault at all. Unrealistic expectations. And this is why guilt sets in. Because we have, we have got to this point where we think everything we do, every mistake we make is going to be held accountable uh, in judgment. And that is such a false teaching. If you think that when you get to the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, your Savior, the one that died for you, is going to call into account all the things that you've already been forgiven of, I think you're misreading the Bible. Jesus has already forgiven you for those sins. They don't exist anymore. The Lord separates them as far as the east is from the west. He separates them all the way across the sea. There's no way to find it. They're buried in the depth of the sea. He remembers it no more. It's blotted out. You are forgiven. And you know what? If you have to do it, take something and write that on your mirror. So every morning when you wake up, you'll look into a mirror that says you are forgiven. And you pray every day that God forgets you, forgives you for the sins that you've done, the things that you've missed, the things that you've willingly hid from him when you know you can't do that. And don't forget the golden rule. What is it? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Treat others the way you want to be What's that mean? Well, if you want to be forgiven, you got to treat other people that same way. It means you've got to forgive them as well. And I, I do promise you, in the next few weeks, we're going to have another podcast completely on forgiveness, forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, forgiving our enemies and forgiving God, because we sure do blame him for a lot of stuff. And the last thing is, and I want to make this very clear when it comes to the subject of guilt and letting go of our guilt, you've got to trust in God. You've got to learn to let it go. You need to trust that he's going to forgive you. Trust that his mercy is going to be shown to you. Trust that his grace is great enough to cover you. Trust that the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, is enough to cleanse you and make you holy. Trust in God. 
And don't give up on him. Look, if he, if he sent Jesus to the cross, his one and only beloved son, to save you, what do you think he's going to do from that point forward to keep you? The emphasis we place on salvation, it, you know, it is very important. Salvation is very important. That first step toward salvation is essential. But, you know, there's a whole lot more to our Christian walk than getting down in the water and coming back out. Our trust of him, our daily confession, our daily walk is essential. Prayer, Bible study, fellowship with other Christians, worship on the first day of the week, laying aside an offering so which we can show him how much we love him by what he's blessed us with and we're going to give some back to the kingdom work. There's a lot of stuff. Faithful living requires a daily choice, a daily sacrifice. We got to learn to trust God every step of the way. Not only did he save us, he continues to save us. I love the way John puts it. And the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus continually cleanses. It never, it's an ever flowing fountain of forgiveness and grace. Don't let guilt weigh you down. That is a burden that you were never meant to bear. I've sat beside the bedside, and I'll close with this story. I've sat beside the bedside of many a people who have worried about their soul's condition, knowing that they've lived a faithful life, knowing that they have been forgiven and they've asked for forgiveness, but they still sit there and worry and tears running down their cheeks. And I mean more than once. I'm talking about a a hundred times, maybe more, of people I have I have been with at their bedside when they breathe their last, and all of them are concerned about the same thing, that existential thought. I'm gonna I don't know what is gonna happen to me. I'm going to meet Jesus. But am I ready? Am I forgiven? I want to tell you, if you have been covered by the blood of Jesus and you have asked him for forgiveness, it's given to you in a comprehensive way. And you need to learn to let it go. Let it go. Don't hold on to that guilt anymore. You were never meant to bear that burden. Matthew 11, Jesus talked about this. You got to give me your burden and take mine because mine's easy. Mine's light. The burden you're carrying is too heavy. That's why Jesus died to carry it. And you don't think he could. You look to the cross of Calvary. There's nothing he can't put between his shoulders. And he's ready. He's just simply waiting for you to hand it over. And I hope you will. I hope you'll pray about it and I hope you'll give it to God. I hope you'll let Jesus bear that burden. And I hope that you'll walk with him every day with a trust and an obedience that is unmatched so that everybody around you will know you've been touched by the grace of God. You don't hold on to that guilt anymore because you're forgiven and you're free. I appreciate so much you listening to this broadcast. Again, I want to mention that uh, the road noise is something that um, I'm definitely going to work on and hope that that doesn't uh, distract you from the message itself. also want to put a plug in for our website, which is www.rayreynoldswrap.com, where you can find the blogs, links to other podcasts, and also some different things, just little stuff that we put on there, lessons, links to the books that I've written, and I hope that it'll be a blessing to you. I hope this this broadcast has been a blessing to you as well, and we hope we'll have you back here again on Reynolds Wrap real soon.
We thank you so much for tuning into today's broadcast. Hope that you'll follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Keep coming back for original content on these podcasts and share them with your friends and loved ones. We also want to encourage you, if you have any questions or want to direct something towards me, uh, any possible topics coming up in the near future you'd like for me to cover, you can write us at rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day, and we want to encourage you to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus.